Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com slash careers. That's opcpest.com slash careers. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. now for The Drive with Mark Ennis, presented by Fitness Market on 93.9 The Ville. Fitness Market is Louisville's premier location for home and commercial fitness equipment and electric bikes. Find them online at thefitnessmarket.com. Now here's Mark Ennis and Mark Lieberman. Welcome back into The Drive here on 93.9 The Ville. Mark Ennis and out. Mark Lieberman here. Everything going all right? What's we, new? Not much, but we have very fascinating angles with our microphones. Just you were I'm chasing just, these things around here. Yeah. It's always something. It is, but it's great to be here and you talking sound with good. you. Thank you. So do you. I'll take that. <laughs> the phone lines, they are open now. 8150-939 is the number if you want to get in here. Appreciate it, Tyler. Uh, Griever jumping in uh, there and at least attempting to sort of speak for uh, the the pieces that have dominated the conversation over the last day and a half or so about kind of a plan uh, for lobbying for a year three uh, from Kenny. And look, he's I'm at least happy to hear he's aware he needs to do some lobbying. That's nice. Mm-hmm. Um, you're right. I, 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 if I may, yes, there please. was just a point earlier that was made, and I know Coach Payne has talked about freshmen coming in and not understanding. Uh Coach Patino, and, and for myself, I mean, I don't believe that to be true. There's tons of high school programs, travel team programs that emphasize defense and technique and so on. So understanding schematically, I mean, there's some programs that you'll go see and you're like, wow, this team really gets it. And they have players that are good enough. And Coach Patino was big on recruiting out of those type of programs as well. And that emphasized defense. That was one of the things that when he came to my practice, when I was coaching down there, we had such an emphasis on our trapping and our technique where our hands were on everything from ball screens to in the half court to full court sprinting and taking angles. So, though, you know, there are good high school players defensively as well. So that's just my two cents. Kind of a simplistic explanation for, for why guys are struggling on the defensive end. Sure. It, it, it's just it's, it's not universal, and I went through yesterday just sort of looking at Ken Palm, mm-hmm. the best-rated defenses, and then their experience ranking. And you've got teams that are extremely experienced and are very good defensively, and there are teams in the two nineties in experience that are every bit as good defensively. There really doesn't seem to be much of a connection between experience and defense at all. Right. And, and last night, Seth Greenberg was talking about Baylor, how these two freshmen are going to match up with these men from TCU. And if you watch that game, I think they held them to fifty-two points. But even the freshmen, like their technique, their closeouts and staying down and choppy, choppy steps and, and off the ball, being active and alert. You know, if, if, if you're going to stress that and, and build your, your system and those guys have a, kind of an innate understanding of that and then coming in. And now all of a sudden, by this time of the season, they're grasping college level defense. How. What it, when freshmen come in? Mm hmm. What do they usually struggle with the most on the defensive end? Like, where do they seem to struggle? Uh, is it one thing? I think it's 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 twofold. I think first understanding how good everybody is at the collegiate level and just maintaining and keeping the ball in front of you, and it's as simple as that. Because when when you get a blow by and you just get by somebody, so many things can happen. You know, there's just a guy comes over and he's late and there's a block or or a body comes off a body, opens up a kick and so on. So for those guys, we would do a lot of, and I'm a big believer, I've always done that, a lot of one-on-one and making sure that those guys are, are kind of on the island and they understand like how to catch a move. Like, like it's up to them. Right, and be the guy to a spot. Yeah. And then 
Now they're saying, you know what? I need to watch more film. So I want to, if I'm at Texas and we're playing um, Baylor, I want to watch to see if the I guy can, I'm going to be guarding. Right. Like, yeah. uh, you know, and, and at least two or three guys that I might be, and you're watching it as a, as a, as a macro in the big picture, but then you're watching, wow, this guy loves to go from right to left crossover. So I got to be aware for, for that. And he pump fakes like every single time. So I got to stay down. So understand those type of things. And then off the ball, if you're not coming from a program and, you know, that we just talked about that understands that, being off the ball and understand where you need to be to give early help, to, 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 to make sure that you're tagging and, and closing, that's, that's a lot. But that's something you've got to, you know, it's never what you teach, it's what you emphasize. And it's like every day you got to stress it, especially with the young guys. And you can see who does and who doesn't. Mm-hmm. Teams wise, I mean, and yeah. players, I guess. And, and sometimes there's one, you know, and you miss. You, you think you get a guy that's going to be just, but that's part of the recruiting. So that's why the, the, the grad transfers, the portals, you can watch these guys. They've defended, they understand that. Or you've gone to a high school game and, there's the great story of, of Huggins watching, and his name escapes me, but actually played for the Lakers. Um, he recruited him at, at Cincinnati, and he watched them take a charge at an AAU game at Sunday morning, you know, at, at 9. I know you're so those type of things. And we're always, that, that's part of it. Uh, I would always go to that last day when maybe they're not even playing for something and just watching if they're engaged. You know, are they in a stance? Are they alert? You know, is their head on a swivel? All the things that... It's nothing new for people, but you just want to see if they take pride in the defensive end, because that's the biggest thing for me. And we would chart like your defensive DNA. And we would say, okay, here's a time that you didn't box out slash car crash. Here's a time that your first three steps in transition because you didn't get the ball reversal. You didn't sprint back and try and break up a play. So those are all type of things we look for. Can I dovetail that in before we go to the phones and Bob here? Sure. Uh, to the conversation we started with about the notion that uh, I think relatively uh, out of the blue, mm-hmm. the Louisville seems to be in very good position for a, an extremely highly rated kid. It doesn't sound like someone they've done tons and tons of this work on. The, there hasn't been much of a rumored relationship there, but rapidly now he suddenly is interested in them. Seems awfully risky to sort of base wanting to keep things the same on someone that you haven't been doing these sorts of things on. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes you get enamored, the, the, that five star is next to their name. And so sometimes the hubris of any coach is like, well, I can change these habits and so on sometimes. And, and you miss. But yeah, the, what would happen in a coach's meet, meeting in room, there's a, for example, let's say player John Smith. And that's, that's my guy. I'm, 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 I'm talking to him. I'm watching some of his game film. I'm going to go and watch him play, and I'm going to have some of the other coaches talk to him so it's not just me in every conversation. Get the head coach on the phone. Maybe he goes to a game as well so we can evaluate those things. And then it, it, in this culture, it's very tough, but address those things. If we see some stuff that they have to improve on, we're going to address that and say, no, you got to do better at this, this, and this. And some, uh, a lot of players embrace that. They want to get better. They want to be great. So honesty and, and telling them, hey, you, you got to be much better on the ball. You got to be much better in transition. You know, players actually like that. But coming back to full circle to your question, yeah, it's you kind of it's almost like an NFL draft board. If when you see those, you have a bunch of names. Sometimes they're color coded in offices at the high major level, so you know who's who's serious, who's kind of like tepid interest. Who's recruiting them? How many contacts have you had? Uh, I heard you talk about it now in this day and age. Yeah, NIL. Are we are we paying for a visit? Is that something? You know, how how is that going to work? So all that that that's now a lot different. And some coaches are stubborn with those type of things, and some other coaches embrace it. Eighty one fifty ninety three nine. That is the number if you'd like uh, to get in here. Thirty eight thirty one. 93.9 for the UPS Jobs text line. Again, I'll just uh, repeat yesterday and earlier today. Uh, I think Eric Crawford makes a good point that we ought not just sort of turn our nose up at five-star players uh, necessarily. The big problem with it is Kenny said it's not what they need. But now it's supposed to be 
Now it's being presented as the <laughs> thing that should justify sticking with him, even while the team struggles. When he said we need something else uh, than that, and I don't really know. Maybe if we ever get to talk to him again, we can ask him something like that. Bob, welcome into the drive on the Thunderbolt. What's up? Well, hey guys. Um, well, I, I will. I will second the motion or what you were saying uh, on that is. Uh, you know, I think the Bosich article is kind of a, a hogwash. I mean. You know, back after the Kentucky game, Kenny Payne and his uh, post-game show kept talking about going to the transfer portal and getting experienced players. Mm -hmm. And here he is now, you know, uh, or Bosich's article, he's talking about getting, you know, five-star players and some kids from France, was it? You know, what? and and I'm sorry, I I just don't think... You know, after the two years with him, and we've got a talented roster uh, that, you know, I haven't seen any reason to to give him a third year based on his defense that he's coaching. I mean, my, my goodness. Um, and then the uh, the other thing I would ask you, your all's opinion is, I'm sure you uh, you've heard about a guy named Brock Brom Home. Oh, the Bring Raw Home guy. Yeah, we know him. Yeah, he he apparently posted something, uh, tweeted something out saying that Mick is the pick yes. for Mick Cronin. Um, a few times he's tweeted something like that. Just a few. Yeah, it, I wanted to see what you all thought about uh, Mick Cronin. I know there's a lot of people that, that have posted that they're against Mick Cronin. I mean, he has been to a Final Four, and he he is familiar with Louisville. His father uh, is from Cincinnati, and you know would get him back to uh, you know to you know close to to his hometown. Um, and uh, you know he, he he's you know what do you think about him as a pick? Um, and uh, I'll leave it at that. Thanks, Bob. Uh, good Always good to hear from you, uh, buddy. Thank you uh, so much. Yeah, uh, Mick Cronin, well known, uh, and the Bring Brom Home guy, uh, well known as a chief advocate <laughs> for. He's now trying to use his powers for Mick Cronin to say lightly. Uh, it. This is not unique to Mick, but it's just about it seems like everybody that has ever sort of began to coalesce a little support around them uh, has then gotten their ass kicked a bunch of times this year. And he's sort of like, let's just stop pretending to like somebody. And then they'll, look, they're having a rough year. Yeah, they're having a rough year. Uh, they, they've started playing better, but you know USC exposed them a little bit too with, with some of the things they have on the perimeter as well. So yeah, I mean they've been average this season. Yeah, the, the, he's. Not a great year, and, and I think what maybe worries people even more is just sort of he, how gruff he is. Like he's been – the L.A. media there has been killing him uh, for really the way he sort of carried himself mm-hmm. through all yeah. of this. Uh, and the fear uh, of that coming into a situation where it might demand a little patience and a little deft. Uh, and that's not him. Right, he's the Kool Aid Man. He's come, mm-hmm. the, like that's what's going to happen. He's coming through the the wall, however he wants to, uh, and and his ability, I think, to sort of keep an even keel through troubling times. I I understand why people will be fearful of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like the next guy is going to have to be some kind of statesman a little bit, and maybe sort of get people to just believe in him until the product is is where he wants it to be, and. Mick has lots of things in his pro column, and I don't want to uh, poo-poo any of those things, but they don't seem like enough to me, but that's just my opinion. I think in every situation, you got to be a bit of a statesman when you come in, but right, and some people are stronger with it, but I think he is deft enough to like handle a press conference and handle that in a way that can appease the fans and, and, and those type of things. He's He's been around the block. He gets it. And, and I think that's the biggest thing, you know, as far as how you address right away and get people excited again. Yeah. Can he do it? I, I, you know, yeah. He's like a good his coach. nature. Oh, he's, he's excellent. You talk about defense. Yeah, you talk about right. a t- a teams that constantly play hard. Um, you know, he knock gives them on no him. choice. Right. Knock on is, is some of the offensive. You know, it took a while, while for, for Tiger, his point guard, to, like, 
be able for that trust to be there. And that's part of it. And, you know, he had a new group. Um, he was railing against the NIL earlier. Um, and there's some coaches that just naturally aren't going to embrace it because for them, it's kind of, you know, the, the talk about loyalty and trust. It's kind of like the opposite of all those type of things and what you, you're trying to build instead of just paying guys. And, but that's, this is where we are. You have to adapt. Yeah, I don't envy uh, a coaching search right now for for any place, not just Louisville. That's really that you've really got to nail it. Uh, just because I'm not really sure how much of anyone's resume matters now, right? <laughs> and I'm not being I know flippant, right, but I'm right. saying how many people have really been successful in whatever this way of doing things that we're doing it now? Well, that's the you know if you, most coaches. Are represented by agents, right? And the first question to either the search committee, the AD, or somebody involved is, okay, what's your NIL situation look like? I mean, that's going to be... It's the first thing recruits talk uh, about, yeah. right? so it's the same thing as coaches. Like, all you've heard about is Ohio State, how great their NIL situation is. And that's attractive. Because you mentioned it, and I can convert, like, there's young players who get subsidized for going on visits it's part of it and it's the expectation that a lot of those the caliber of players that louisville i think would want you're yeah those are the waters you're going to swim in i would think uh this is why a lot of people i think were worried about kenny's early early comments about nil Mm -hmm. uh and i would hope that the next person uh that's got to be a very large part of the conversation ahead of time is, is if I'm picking up, if I'm Josh uh, and anyone else who has any kind of say in these conversations, if I'm picking up 1% hesitation about this, even if you might be right in your heart of hearts about it, we don't have time for that. I, we, I, I do not need a coach who pines for another time. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. We're not going backwards. Well, and it's also back to, to you're, you're leaking names all the time. You're sending out, you're offering kids. You want to be from the beginning of the season, it's not, it, it kind of can look like, well, this is where, where it's a last gasp or something like that, trying to get players. When you when you want to talk about that, like every day we talked about the recruiting board and you're looking at, all right, which players are coming back, which you know roster construction, make sure if this happens, if this kid leaves, that we're looking at these players and so on. But usually you're talking about players from the beginning of the season. You're talking about that through throughout the summer. These are guys that you you recruit. I remember when the core four signed; it just came out of the blue. Yeah, you know, you just you want to get a buzz because that creates excitement for fans. They love to talk recruiting, and so all of a sudden, if you're just talking about a slew of players that you're involved with and that you're seeing in events and you're throwing out offers, I mean, that's that's part of the game. By the way, most teams uh, are doing that. We've got a line uh, now for Louisville and Duke tomorrow night. Duke twenty and a half point favorites. Uh, to open there's no way that's the line before the Notre Dame game happens but the Notre Dame game did happen and the Wake Forest game happened to Duke I'm terrified of that game tomorrow of what that's going to look like with Louisville I think sort of teetering uh, and Duke probably going to be pretty pissed off after the way everything went down uh, at Wake Forest I think Kyle Filipowski is okay I, I, it went from a knee to ankle to Drew's some not so ice. sure, but I, I'm with you on that one. I think he's going to be fine. If the line's up already, and, and they're pretty sure he's going to play and, yeah. and, and whatnot. But and then it matters Louisville's health. You've got you've had time now. Are these guys back? Are these guys? You know what kind of depth do you have? But I don't care what type of situation. When you go into Cameron, it, it's bonkers and. and Yes, like you said, there's a disposition, nasty disposition now coming off that loss and understanding that they want to, you know, just have a uh, a get right a, game, a get right game, and the game's almost over at halftime. That's kind of like what that's what you're for. expecting. Well, that's just that's you know Duke at home coming off a loss. I mean that's yeah. and, and they're talented. Roach is is playing great. I mean those those guys now. Louisville's shown that that ability to bounce back offensively in the second half. They can keep it moderately close, you know. It, it might be different, but um, that's been there. Be- only because teams have such a big lead, it's so hard to get your guys engaged. You feel helpless as a coach. You have that lead when you go into a locker room. 
and you're lead, I'm telling you, this is for every coach. You go into a locker room, you're up 18 or 20, you are just, just terrified. Terrified. You just, because you know it's human nature and your players are like, okay, all of a sudden, what we were doing great in that first half mark, all of a sudden, we were not making the extra pass and the guy's hunting. All of a sudden, it's 16. Yeah, right, right, right. And then you don't sprint back, you have a bad turnover, you're trying to do too much. That's 13 or 14. Those games scare coaches. Uh, just absolutely. They just. But be real wins. here. Everything scares coaches. Yeah. Okay. Coaches just, hate the time before games. You just they're looking for people to talk to. Like it's oh, like really? two hours before a game or an okay. hour and a half. They do just, you just hide? Yeah, yeah. You know some. You know they just. There's about a 15 minute window where the coach has to be by himself and is just neurotic, and maybe goes for a walk. I'm I'm one of them. But then you just want to be around other people. Yeah, I, I do too. I always I have like a little ritual. I'd walk around the arena or walk outside and that kind of stuff. But then you just want people around you. Because that dead time is just the worst. You're just overthinking everything. Just torture yourself. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's A- terrible. 8150 <laughs> That's uh, the number. Kenny, welcome into the drive, buddy. What's up? Hey, hey guys. <laughs> what a wonderful show. Uh, I loved your opening, and you put it all in perspective. And But I, it, something just popped in my head about these coaches, and we're looking at coaches. We've been talking about coaches. Where we feel what's coming down the pipe is coming, and some of these coaches that we're interested in, they got these enormous buyouts. I want just looking at it. I wonder if that might be a bad. I know it's a fabulous money. Okay, you got this wonderful buyout if if you do fail. And uh, but but my point is, it can knock you out of a really great opportunity coming down the road. And uh, I, I like, for instance, this Louisville job is a. It's a fabulous job. I mean, let's face it. And, and here we are. We're all talking about what's it going to cost. We got to buy out Kenny. We got to buy out the other coach. And uh, uh, I, I just wonder, just looking at it all from that perspective. I mean, gosh, uh, it might not be all that great an idea to have a fifteen fifteen million dollar buyout. If 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 you, what happens to the coach that has that buyout? And then they fail. What do they got to do to keep that buyout? They can't take another job at a, a lower level, or they lose that money that's coming in from from that, that's guaranteed money. I mean, it, it, it's a tricky situation. Plus, they they got they got this uh, they got this representative that gets ten percent of all that money, and they got to deal with that. Uh, it, it, it's gotten tricky. I can't believe. You know, when I first started following sports back in the 1950s, I don't think any of this stuff was being talked about. What do you guys think? Yeah, I appreciate it, uh, Kenny. Thank you so much. Yeah, the buyout situation. Actually, Louie and I had this discussion Mm -hmm. just a little bit. Uh, Kenny got a six-year contract, uh, and it used to be that when you talked about coaches and commitment to coaches and stuff, that anytime you got close to having just four years left on the deal – that it would be perfectly reasonable for everybody to be like, well, it's got to have four because it's got to be able to tell kids I'm going to be here all four years that you're here. Does that even matter anymore? Like, did who thinks they're going to be at a school for four years, player or coach anymore? Yeah. I, I think coaches still feel that they're going to be in that situation. I understand what you're saying. It depends what program you're at. If you know you're going to win and all of a sudden you're getting out of there, Josh Schertz, for example. I bring right. him up, you know, uh, I've known him a long time. I know what kind of job he does. Yeah, he's going to get somebody's going to be coming after him if, if they continue on. Even if the trajectory they're on, let's say they get upset somehow in the in the tournament and they just don't make. But the way they're playing, yeah, he's he's a name. My my point is, uh, yeah, the players. That's the part for coaches that are tough because, yeah, you just don't know who's going to be there and what your program's going to look like, and. You know, for me, I'm not a capologist. I couldn't understand all the inner workings. I'm not a financial planner, so I wouldn't understand how all that works. But I'm sure there's ways that people are smarter than me that can figure that stuff out. Yeah, when it comes to coaches, you're one of them. Uh, well, when it comes to coaches and buyouts, almost all contracts have what they call offset language, where if a school is paying you, they fired you and they're paying you, and you take another job. Uh, if that school is going to pay you less than the buyout, they at least get to subtract that amount. So if I, you know, 
you're supposed to pay me $5 million a year. I get fired and I can go somewhere and get a million. Now you only got to pay me four. Uh, that that that's and it was a big scandal that that wasn't, for instance, in Bobby Petrino's contract when they fired him in 2018. Tom didn't do that uh, unnecessarily. I think sort of one-sided. There are very few deals that don't have that in them. Uh, Jimbo Fisher's contract at A and M did not have that in it, and it's kind of a money flex. Like I'm so not afraid of you failing or of having money issues mm-hmm. that I'm not going to do that, uh, and uh, hopefully those days are in our past too. Yeah, I would think so because <laughs> it's just unnecessarily risky. Yeah, you're right. Like a, a coach, it, it, it happened to John Brennan in a different situation. Just all his players left at Cincinnati, but let's just say right now it's not even just because of there's a uh, an issue with you and your team. Just three or four of your guys just transfer, and all of a sudden you're not bringing guys in after year two, after a great year one. So yeah, there's. A lot of moving parts right now, with, as far as that's concerning, contractually. You you are a fan of uh, the young man at Indiana State. Um, yeah, he, he used to be an assistant at Lynn University in Boca Raton. He's really worked himself up. If you, you we were just talking about stuff yeah. to look at, and so listen to him. And I'll find the podcast. Okay, you listen to him talk basketball. Um, you know, it's just he's got a great mind, brilliant mind for the game. Really does. And the way his style, I mean, they just, they're just, they take advantage. He gets shooters. It's almost um, similar to like Tobin Anderson, who I, who I knew forever. He was a five star guy. It's always D2, NAIA, and all of a sudden, you know, sliding doors, and all of a sudden he gets in and got to show what he, he can do. And now he's at replace Coach Patino at Iona. So, yeah, I, you know, Josh is one of those guys. I'm fearful uh, that our fan base, uh, understandably, is just not going to be receptive to somebody no. that's more of a no it's gonna be a big name yeah. it, it just the, yeah it, we know that yeah it just he he'd be like he amir Abdurrahim at usf right now is spectacular yeah. he could be, not he's gonna. he's great he's yeah. he's gonna get a job but this job with what's just transpired yeah it's gonna be a name yeah i think people i would not always say like you need to chase a name i just think that the People need a feeling from the moment that person's hired. And I think there are a ton of really good coaches at different levels who would do wonderfully here. They just aren't – it's not possible for them to deliver that, and they're not really going to get much of a look. Mm-hmm. And that's – I'm not sad about that. they got to nail this one. Mm-hmm. By the way, if Bruce Pearl's not really happy with what's going on in Alabama, in the state of Alabama right now, which he was not today, yeah. just saying. I didn't uh... – He's very unhappy about the unavailability of IVF. He's trying to have a son's trying to have a child and it's not working, and he was not happy about that today. He's taking it up with Tupperville? Doubt it. Okay. We'll take a quick break here. When we come back, Jeff Walls on the other side here on the drive on the bill. Be right back. Taking care of your family isn't always easy, so we make sure getting care when you need it is. With Baptist Health Urgent and Virtual Care, we bring you more options and greater convenience, too. With video visits available 24-7 and online check-in through MyChart for in-person visits. To check in online or to set up a video visit, go to baptisthealth.com slash care anywhere. When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling. You're listening to The Drive, presented by Fitness Market, right here on 93.9 The Ville. Now, here's Mark Ennis and Mark Lieberman. Welcome back into The Drive here on 93.9 The Ville. Mark Ennis, Mark Lieberman, phone lines, they are open. Would love uh, to hear from you, whatever it is uh, that is on your mind here. We've been talking about this. Uh, look, Louisville played Duke earlier this year. They lost by 14 uh, it was they were never really able to get it too terribly close, but I do remember in that game feeling like that was one of the few times when Louisville played a you know a, a ranked team on the schedule, a good team on the schedule that they they kind of kept them in front of them. That this Duke team is not wildly athletic, like they're skilled, but there weren't tons of guys just driving, blowing by guys, uh, kind of on the defensive end and that sort of thing. 
I think we all agree. We're, we're kind of have reached the end here. By the way, just to let everybody know, Jeff Walls, five o'clock. So we talked to Jeff at five uh, on the fly here. Uh, but Kenny, if you've got anything special, if you got any tricks left here, <laughs> it needs to start now. Like they're, they're not soon. It should it have been to yesterday. Start tomorrow. Well, it's just our last Wednesday. Actually, I I think it's fair to ask, like if they if they beat Notre Dame. This whole week, if it was really true that these kids are about to commit, sounds the exact opposite. Yeah. But it's how they got their asses kicked by Notre Dame. And now we're all it's, cynical about it. Yeah, it's spun differently that this is a way to salvage. You but know, you have happened. some actual momentum if they don't yeah. lose that game. And, and oh. But it's not just that they lost. They got destroyed yeah. by the coach's son. And, and yes, he was man, just – everybody was talking about the three-point line and, and how they don't guard it, but it's it's the ball pressure. It's you know not recognizing a staggered screen. It's not recognizing the actions that they're running to get those open shots. Guys are are reacting on the pass, and and that's too late. Bad things will happen when the ball's in flight if you're not moving, and that's what happened against Notre Dame. I don't think this Duke team is like this defensive juggernaut like they've been in the past. So. You know, back to what we were talking about. I mean, they could be pressing like you talked about. I think they're going to come out with energy. Duke. It, Duke. Yeah. You know, I'd zone them. I, I would zone them. And at least to start the game, I'd start in a zone. Because what they're going to have is some high pick and rolls and trying to get downhill or some of that action where they play off the 1-4 the high with Filipowski and get him a touch and, and get some back doors or some pick and pop. So, yeah, I, I would just switch up the defenses as much as possible. And, and like I said, they're not as great defensively as they have been in the past. So can you score? And like you mentioned, just keep, you know, like KGB said, just hang around. Hang around. I'm not going to use my accent. Are you familiar with your, Oh, I, I don't Okay. Know. I don't know. Tanner? Maybe K- he wasn't paying attention. KGB thing? Was KGB from, Bob, right? From the office. That's all I know. Hmm. Wow. <laughs> Swing and a miss there. Yeah, my bad. <laughs> I really miss Spencer. <laughs> hey, Sorry, hey, we got uh, Kenny sound uh, from the uh, the show uh, last night. Uh, can we play number eleven where he talked about playing Duke a second time? Uh, I'm. I just want to let people hear this. Uh, <laughs> talk about playing them uh, a second time. Hopefully, they learn something uh, from that. We'll see. Uh, at some point, we'll let you guys hear that. It'll be great. It will be fantastic. Rounders is the movie. Game two against Duke. They won here on January the 23rd, 83 to 69. What do you need to do different this time? Well, I've watched the game twice uh, over the last couple days, and, and we did a lot of good things. Um, Paul, we, we, we attacked the lane. We moved the ball. We played fast. Um, what we have to do different is we can't let Proctor go off and hurt us the way he did down the stretch of that game. Um, we got to be alert to passes, um, get in passing lanes, be trying to play to get deflections, got to rebound, and got to share the ball. We got to cover for each other defensively and impose our will on them in a hostile environment. They're coming off a loss. They got a lot they plan for, and, and we got to know exactly what that environment is and, and be ready to go into that environment and fight with everything we got to get a win. There you go. Um, yeah, well, I mean, as far as what they talked about and Coach Payne talked about with defensively, um, that's just got to be something that's consistent because I, I I haven't seen a lot of, you know, we talked about getting in passing lanes, whether, you know, they're anticipating and so on. If you're going to do that, he mentioned guys that are covering because – Great defensive plays happen when you make a mistake. So if a guy, if Caleb Glenn's going to shoot out and try and take a, a steal on the wing, everybody better be shifted over in three or four steps towards that side to force a skipper or a fade. Like, it's all connected. So to do all that stuff, it sounds great. But, I mean, it's to put it into action, we just haven't seen that consistently from this team that they can do those type of things, right? It's not like we've talked, okay, that you know this team can get a, a, a critical stop. You know, not not in the first half, but in the second half, they can get two to three critical stops and, and, and rebound and do those type of things. We haven't seen enough of that. So, you know, this is a, a dangerous offensive team. I think it's not just 
going to all of a sudden be, they're not going to be connected. It's not going to work. Why not change up the defenses right now? You have some guys on offense that are skilled. Change up those defenses and, and kind of match up off it and do different things. It, it could just distort and make Duke think more. Instead of just reactionary where, hey, here's the middle of ball screen, here's the side ball screen, here's reversal, drive and attack and kick. This is where maybe, you know, again, they're going to score off of it, but you make them think, and it changes the pace of the game, which would be helpful going into Cameron Indoor. What's that place do to you? It's just, it's, it, they're so close. It's rocking. It's like you can't hear yourself think. It's all those type of things. I mean, it's just, it's, it's incredible as far as that atmosphere. Yeah, it just looks like it's impossible to concentrate on anything. Uh, it's just, you know, they're right on top of you. There's not a lot of room. It, it feels almost claustrophobic because the courts are not like, you, know, you don't have like, like a lot of wide room and that kind of stuff. So it's like, it seems smaller. And so now that's why Duke's pressure in the past has always been so good because it almost feels like it's a smaller court and they're just, they're anticipating and they're just shrinking the floor. I've always thought it, it seems like they never thought they'd be this popular. Right, like this place is not big enough for. Yeah. But now it's like now it's the charm of the place, mm-hmm. but it, it's far too small for what they do in there. <laughs> yeah, that, that that place is run down a little bit, but it's uh as far as for games, I mean that atmosphere is electric. By the way, the, uh, John Shire talked a, a little bit about Filipowski and how he's doing. I've, I'm afraid we had like lots and lots and lots of uh, court storming discourse for nothing. That, you know, at first it was like his ankles hurt, and then it was like his knee is hurt, and now it's just he's kind of got some ice. He's a little bit sore. He's fine. Did we? Did we kind of freak out about? Yeah, but you just—I'm sure they—they they tested it, and then you just were unsure until they got uh, maybe the MRI or whatever. I don't even know if they did an MRI, but you know, it. We can have that our our court storming discussion if you'd like, or it's just you're just being Filipowski centric with it didn't look like the most violent collision and it didn't seem like it was and then after where it wasn't right they just iced him down which is what he's probably gonna do after a game anyway is ice his knees so as most players are getting iced down after games i think bill has suggested that everyone should be arrested <laughs> Ten thousand of them citations mass arrest <laughs> right away like okay, some I'm sort disagree of there. revolutionary you know we're just I, I rounding know. everybody up <laughs> Drew's a big fan of what Jay Billis thinks about that, but I, I'm going to say I'm going to refrain from arresting everybody. I am going to go just the opposite. Okay, give everybody um, free tuition. No. Oh, okay. The opposing players get Trump's immunity. You mess with a player, you go near the opposing only the opposing players. You go near an opposing player, no charges. Doesn't matter what they do to you. Keep your ass away from them. There, there's no. No charges for anything they do to you. If you go anywhere near them, problem solved. Every time. I, I don't know where I heard it. Well, okay. That's that's an option. Um, but you see all these students, all they want to do is hold the phone up and, and film a TikTok or a, or a video, whatever. Right, Tanner? I mean, they're, they're doing all their... It, it almost looks like it's not a celebration. They're just going on the floor so they can post something. Right? It's not like it's... I mean, I'm sure they're enjoying all that stuff. But, and the players aren't. Like, but now think about that. So now you're not even paying attention. Just like you're, you're distracted with your with your device, you're just going to run into people. And there's who knows? You might not run into players. Might run into each other. Um, it's a lot of things that can happen now. It's a lot different because everybody's just holding their their phone. And who knows? It's just it's just mass hysteria. Yeah, I have to be totally uh, honest with you. I know that no Duke player is a sympathetic figure. I know this, but. Mm-hmm. Watching multiple uh, entitled kids that are probably the thirds of whatever, you know, running out in plaid wake forest overalls, jamming their phones in Kyle Filipowski's face. For that moment, I felt sympathy for a for a Duke player for for just a just a moment. Like I Christian Leitner, you were like a little got a raw deal. Yeah, like the yeah. like the Grinch. Like my heart, you know, grew a size. <laughs> like it just three sizes. Just like I, I, I don't know what I would do with that schmuck in my face either. <laughs> okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, would um, you, would you feel the same way if it was uh, Grayson Allen? No, you can do it, everyone. <laughs> Because he thinks he can do whatever he wants to. Sweep the leg. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. Just keep running. Yeah. <laughs> Grayson Allen. Man, he's an all-timer. Oh, my goodness. 
He really is. Is he still getting in? I, I don't follow yeah, the NBA as much. Is still, he still doing his antics? Yeah, I think you know. I think it's. I think it's who he is. It's definitely who he is. I just didn't know if he had toned it down. And, and Texture says you storm the court. It's the purge. <laughs> I'm saying, well, you know, maybe not the purge, but like the cops can just good. sort of take their time, yeah. you know, <laughs> and whatever happens before they get yeah. there is fair game. I, I think it's going to be stopped. If nothing else, it will make sure that whoever storms the court, mm-hmm. like. You know what you're signing up for. It won't be any more half-assed like it. It'll be like, I'm out here yeah. on these streets. I am ready. <laughs> right. <laughs> you won't get anybody that storms like without that dog gear. in a little bit. Yeah. You're ready to go. I, I think it's going to be stopped. I think they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna stop it, which... it's. A sh- I think that's a shame. I think I understand. Yeah. We typically, the lawyers tend to, to rule these things, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Things change, and all the things that were, you know, it, I just think it's going to be, it's, uh, it's going to go by the wayside very shortly there was at least one wake forest kid out there whose first name is actually thurston like i guarantee you no i would say at least five <laughs> has to be and seconds and thirds too it's one of the that's exactly right. a, just not really a i want everybody to lose in that you know what i mean yeah like why'd you have to do it against duke yeah like get out there and, and harass it's duke they're gonna do it well i said yesterday like i don't know why people are surprised by this he's gonna take that charge like, like, this is a Duke play. Like, he knows what's up. Mm-hmm. Come on. You're not wrong. I did not. I, I Look, I, I understood why he did it. But Steve Forbes basically being, like, super apologetic for the fans and stuff. I'm to hell with that. I'm not doing any of that either. I'm not apologizing for fans. <laughs> if you don't want to storm the court, beat us. That's what I would have said. Maybe. Yeah. You might not get a four-year contract. <laughs> That's right. I make a lot less money yeah. than Steve Forbes does. <laughs> 815939. That's uh, the number if you'd like uh, to get in here. Texas says, if you storm the court, they shut the lights off. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a high school game. You yeah. know, you want to get everybody out. out. You take a couple lights, it's dim, and now it's like, all right, next one's going to be like, leave. Yeah, I have seen so many people talk about like the shot clock uh, idea of, and. and for whatever reason, it seems like that would just kill the fun of it. Like it's you talking about high school? No, I'm talking about the the shot clock. So that like a shot clock, so that then they can storm the floor after that to oh, give the players a few okay. seconds to get off the floor. I haven't read about all the scenarios that could save storming the floor. If anything, well, that those the only suggestions I've seen so far is do nothing, right? Uh, ban it outright, arrest everybody, or this shot clock idea. Uh, and then I, I think Michael That's not terrible. It's not, but it, like they're terrible. I mean, they're it's not. supposed to be organic, right? They're supposed to be uh, the overflow. Like we couldn't help it. We uh, and and those are are like Louisville fans covered the entire football field after the Notre Dame game, and no Notre Dame player got messed with at all. Yeah, but how about the yeah. malls at, on Black Friday where you're just waiting? Yeah, you know, you're waiting for for hours, and then it opens up. So I mean. They gotta wait thirty seconds. I understand what you're saying. I agree. It's organic. You know, the play, the the fans are so excited to get down there. But you know, that's not. It's not. It's not bad. Text her into the UPS job sex line. Ask this question just to change gears for a second. Would you or anyone else on ninety three nine talk to Kenny regularly if he called in like the other U of L coaches? And would the station's attitude toward him be different? Uh, it wouldn't be enough, I think, to change. Like, wholly change everyone's attitude. Because while we don't love the fact that he's a total recluse when it comes to that sort of thing, and like Josh Graham in Winston-Salem, who's like one of my best friends in media and in this business, mm-hmm. Steve Forbes goes on with him for an hour every week on video. Like, it's awesome that he does that. Uh, and it has helped him through those first two years where they didn't make the tournament. But they were, he was trying to sort of build some rapport with everybody and let them know, like, this is just sort of some steps in the process. Uh, and it really does help. Uh, There's coaches that, that enjoy that, enjoy going on as many shows as possible and talking about their program. Jeff Walls, we're going to have five o'clock. Exactly right. And promoting it. And there's some that are just introverted and don't want to do that and are more comfortable just doing their, their radio show weekly. Or doing like a a, a, a pre taped television type show. So just there are some like that. I mean Dean Smith was kinda 
like that. I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there. So, you know, just, it, but it wouldn't hurt for Coach Payne to like come and, and it, talk. It's to not somebody. the be all end all, right? Uh, but it, it doesn't hurt you. It has never hurt a coach to make time to do that sort of, of thing. Not. Uh, if it's if you're winning, then it's okay. Like if you're winning and you're not coming on shows or you're or yeah, just doing if, a weekly thing. If you'd like fine. proof of that, right? Jeff Brom has a hundred and three percent approval rating. He doesn't do that, and uh, no one really expects him to. Now he's plenty accessible and talks in other ways and that sort of thing. He's out there. He does it in other ways. I think the big problem with Kenny is like if you don't do that sort of thing, do something, and he doesn't do anything except talk to Rick Bosich. That's it. Uh, and it really it, it's wasted opportunities. I think to sort of just tap into people in other ways you're going to need to draw on those accounts sometimes and it, i just thought it has always betrayed a real lack of foresight it's like if i really thought like he's like his rhetoric was early on that it's going to be really tough and i'm going to need everybody then i'm going to make sure i'm everywhere i can be to make sure everyone understands like don't panic hey we're, this this is all part of the plan like all that sort of thing uh, and it just really seems like he just didn't think any of that would be all that useful and it's just not a great plan Mm -hmm. just not a great overall plan really uh at all let's get uh luke in here luke welcome into the drive buddy what's up not much thanks for taking my call uh i actually had a uh, question for coach uh so i saw that trez committed to the tbt team my first question was are you coaching again this year uh i am not coaching the team this season i'm now again i don't know what you can and can't say do you know who is um i not, I don't think it's been confirmed. I think they're going to announce something shortly. Um, but yeah, it, it the, whoever's coaching is going to do a heck of a job, and they have all the pieces in place. The, the same infrastructure I was a part of um, is there, okay. so it's going to be it's going to be well done. Um, I have no doubt it's going to be a great product again. Um, just for me, you know, when we got it off the ground, there was so much to it, and, and I will be. Um, transparent here is that i hopefully um get back into coaching and and that's my plan and that would consume a lot of time for the summer as well for me so i don't want to spread myself thin and uh that's kind of my plan sweet good for you well with that being said i don't know again what you can or can or cannot say or what you know but i know trez and big daddy pepe they're both confirmed back do you know who else might be you know soft commits or coming back from last year's team that's a great um, question. I'll, I'll leave it at that. Yep. Um, I know Thanks, right Luke. now that that's, that's like what we were doing, Luke and I, and Jordan Suchet last year were doing exactly what you're talking about. Recruiting? Yeah. I, I would imagine, right. And we were spending a lot of time, and this is there's a lot to it because um, there's so many things from whether they're playing. We're dealing with agents. Are they playing in a summer league? Are they playing? Is there overseas contract and allow it so there's so many things that are involved um i would I, again i don't want to speculate hopefully some of the non um louisville guys are back too like nick mayo and, and chris dow and those guys so hopefully those guys are playing but um i i don't know who the lineup or who the roster is going to be yet looking forward to that uh i i think whoever is uh, the coach for that, and I think whoever ultimately ends up being kind of the roster and the promoters and everything uh, for all that sort of thing, I'm hopeful that the next coach uses that as a uh, a touch point for people to sort of introduce himself to how crazy we are mm-hmm. uh, for basketball here and to the previous players and that sort of thing and get plugged into that. Uh, and as a, a, a way to to sort of connect with people. Because I think last year, it was a way for all of us to connect with each other. Uh, oh, it was, and it was and whoever the, the next head coach is, like, do not waste the opportunity to be all over that thing. Yeah, I think I know how important this is to everybody here, but I also know the people that are involved are going to uh, just do a, a bang-up job, just like last year. So whoever's coaching the team will, will be somebody that will – fans here will be comfortable with and will be do a fantastic job i have no doubt i love that Tress is going to be a part of this um you know i don't love that probably that he feels like that he it's not going to be a hindrance to, to pro uh opportunities but mm-hmm. like this stuff doesn't last forever he'll do fine he is beloved in kind of oh, a yeah. unique way 
Yeah, and for him, for his aggression, yeah, basically. like for a guy that <laughs> when you when you actually just even meet him and people have like you don't you're not overwhelmed by just his size. Yeah, he's just he's relentless. He's obsessed with rebounding, and he he is. Yeah, you pray for those guys, don't you? Um, you just you, those guys guys who rebound the basketball, you just don't take off the floor. Yeah, and then the other thing is he hates the rim, so he just wants to do everything. You know, he's just going to scream and try and rip that thing down every single time. So he's the kind of player that just has so much energy. And, and hopefully he's healthy being able to, because I know he's talked about this is a uh, platform for him to get back into the league. So And, and look, however guys use it, it it's great, you know. Um, so Bourbon, that works too. It worked for uh Russ for is doing Mrs. all right. Smith. Yeah, he's doing just fine. Yeah. Wish he could have made one or two more shots in that last game but that's neither here nor there he still busts his ass over that sometimes uh yeah not much yeah but oh he'll get it he knows yeah he knows he's beloved too for a completely uh, different reason best. yeah he is he's the he's got the he sent me a text after that game too he's did like, he? oh yeah it's like coach sorry i missed those shots and all that kind of stuff. i mean that's that's kind of guy he is it's just this this is hilarious trez is like a komodo dragon <laughs> that is I would have said Tasmanian. That's amazing. I would have said Tasmanian Devil. I would have gone with that. I like that. Do you like the Komodo though? Yeah, like you look at them. And I like, saw your I when I said yeah. Tasmanian. It didn't. No, you didn't. Well, they're they're get not excited. enormous, right? But okay. they are terrifying. Oh, they once are. Once they start spring yeah. into action, you know what I mean? Like yeah. they're a honey badger. Well, I was going to say a Wolverine, but he's that honey badger kind of name's already been taken by True. So I would like. I mean, I'm not saying Komodo Dragon's a good nickname. I, but it's a good comparison. Just some, doesn't like just flow right, off the tongue. Right. There. Nickname's got to be Montrez Komodo Dragon. Harold right. <laughs> doesn't have the same ring to it. It's yeah, it's not quite as like marketable. Doctor Jay's getting introduced. That's a little different. <laughs> Komodo Dragon. Be like, what is that? Googling <laughs> <Right>. it. <laughs> Googling to say, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that's not. It's nice to see people excited about the uh, TBT for the summer. I think it was a hit, man. Yeah, man. You know. Uh, it's what we were able to, to to create and sustain it now. It's fantastic. I'm really happy that it's it's going to continue. Let's take a quick break here. Uh, when we get the uh, the all clear uh, from Jeff Walls, we'll talk with him here as well. On the drive on Athensville. Right back.